With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Adam Francis, and you're listening to the Equipped Podcast on the E2E Radio Network. Stand by for a great show. Hey guys, we're back. The Equipped Podcast starting a brand new season, uh, season five, episode one. And uh, we've had a little hiatus for a while, and uh, we're back from vacations, from Blade Show, from moving, from some uh, business developments, and it has been a crazy, hectic couple of weeks. And of course, on the podcast, I got Mr. Robert Oliver. Robbie, how are you, sir? I'm lovely. You want a a glass of water? Get this guy a glass of water. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, of course, Dan Eastland. Dan. Man, I'm concerned. Why is that? I I go to the woods for a little while, and I come back. And oh apparently, y'all have all lost your damn mind. Everyone. So why <laughs> do we lose? Why, why we lose our damn damn mind, Dan? I'm still trying to figure it out, but I come back, and man, it's nothing but rainbow flags and Confederate battle flags and emotional distress and offense. I'm not well, sure dude, what's me, going on, but I'm ready to go back to the woods. Well, have you heard about this Trans-Pacific trade deal thing that's going on? Uh, that that's yeah, like. Well, you haven't really heard of it because nobody's paying attention to it, but it's actually some crazy, some crazy stuff, um, and uh, because all this other stuff is distraction. So, yeah, I really don't want to get into that deeper conversation on my first podcast back, but <laughs> yes, I had heard about it before I left, and the concern yeah. that somewhere between a bad deal and nobody knows what's in it, and yeah, then it's... then I come back and find out that it. That uh, the administration's gotten fast track authority. Yep, yep. That's but that's hell, crazy. you know, you know, with with an economy like ours, why not? Why not? Let's just make some risky, bad decisions. It's a world economy now, apparently. So, yeah. all right, Rob, no, let's let's no, not no kill more, our, let's not kill my first co- podcast. Well, I, I I felt that you you I, I felt that you red blooded Southerners who always call me a Yankee would want to talk about the the Confederate flag thing or the or the Virginia battle flag as it is. Yeah, you know, <laughs> why does it's just so damn stupid? It, well, you know, here's the here's the fun here's the funny thing, right? And, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna prime this because Robbie will probably go crazy. I think I, get, I think Robbie I, and I are both about to surprise you. Maybe. Well, I mean, I, I've you know I've heard the thing about how you know the, the flag didn't get popular again until the '60s during the Civil Rights Movement to like go against segregation and everything. That's like the true history behind the, the recent whatever. But my question is, is that if we have to have a re-education of that and like people have to tell us what happened, you know, 60 years ago, um, then it probably doesn't have the same meaning it does today. And I'll and I'll say you know kind of like the swastika, which was a Buddhist symbol of peace, doesn't have the same meaning that it did when the Buddhists were using it, you know, however many hundreds of years ago. You know, symbols change and meanings change and whatever. But I, I do think it's just a it's just a pandering distraction to real issues. Um, but what do you guys think? Here's what I think: free speech or not free speech. 
in this story. My southern, my family's been southern longer than this country's been a country, and I don't think I own anything with a Confederate battle flag on it. Mm-hmm. But the only legal, reasonable question is: Is it free speech? Is it protected under free speech or not? Yeah, that's a very that's good the point. end. Of, that's the end of the whole conversation. Amen. Well, actually, I will also add that a private company can choose to do business however they want. If Amazon doesn't want to sell anything with battle flags on it, it's a privately held company. They can do whatever the hell they want. I agree with that as well. Now, let's talk about some interesting shit like killing things. (laughs) Robbie doesn't even want to entertain entertain this conversation whatsoever. I didn't realize. What's the conversation? Uh, Adam wants us to go all nuts and say some provocative. I actually, I actually don't. I actually don't. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That is the only flag I have ever pledged any allegiance to, or ever will. Oh wait, you said flag? Oh, I got opinions on that. It, oh man, that may and that may that may surprise you, Adam. But no, I, I, do you know. guys think that I'm thinking you're going to get all upset about it? I think I both know that you're more educated in, in intelligence than, than that. I'm not saying that at all. Oh, I just, what? So, so only ignorant, uneducated people support uh, the Southern cause. I think Is only that what ignorant, you're saying. I, I think only ignorant I thought you were people, Southern. I thought only ignorant people are having are are actually uh, having a passionate debate about about this subject. Yeah, because I, I would agree you know, with that. because they're they're being distracted, they're being bamboozled by, by this. Are they being flimflammed? They're being flimflammed. Actually, that's the only part of it that I'm actually really want to talk about is the is the mass, you know, tail wagging the dog type of type of situation. Yeah, I had to, I had to go to a doctor's appointment yesterday, uh, and after almost two weeks in the woods, my blood pressure was. A hundred over sixty, mm-hmm. and I really don't want to mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're having a lovely time. We we don't need to go this way. We're just having hallucinations about smoke. That's the only thing. Besides that, we're all good. Still haven't proven that it's a hallucination yet. That's I guess that's true. That's true. But and, and for those of you guys missing the story, I, I I woke up late today for the podcast, and. uh Whoa, you said that the, you said this was private. Oh, I can't talk about it. When did I no, say it was not private? Yet. I never said it was private. Yeah, well, look, I don't mind, I don't admi- mind admitting to y'all that uh, I'm a little weird, but I'm not sure I'm ready to put that out on the. I, I actually, I, I was talking about At me what being late. Did you think that was hidden, Dan? That you were weird? <laughs> okay, fair. So point. this is this is a, a kind of a serendipitous situation. I want to I want to share. I'm in the sharing kind of mood. This is the first season. Okay. We're gonna set we're gonna set the bar really low for the first episode of the fifth season, um, and then and then it will only will only get better from there. We'll only so, go down from there. Yeah. Okay. So case, can we go with lucid dream rather than hallucination? No, I, I want to tell mine first, and you're free, Dan, to tell yours any way you want. And then and and, and we'll let the people out there be like, that's some serendipitous weird stuff. So I, I get I get up today and uh, it's I'm like just saying, it's, lucid dream, not hallucination. You can, Dan, you can claim it to be whatever you want it to be. 
I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell my version of what happened to me. And then you're, 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 you're free to, you're free right, to that, do whatever you right, want. This is 10 inches and it was a lucid dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so last night, um, it, it's like, yeah, two thirty, three o'clock and, uh, our smoke alarm goes off a smoke detector and I jump up and you know, it stops like it, it starts beeping, but it's not like a chirp, like the battery's going dead. And we actually have in my house the, the wired smoke alarm. So all the smoke alarms are, are connected to a power source. They also have battery backup and they're all linked. So if one goes off, they all go out, go off to the house. So, you know, get up, you know, check everything. Everything's fine. Animals are okay. Kids are okay. Well, notice I said animals first. I said before didn't slip. Um, and, uh, get back in bed. Well, then my, my, uh, middle one wakes up and she wants to come in bed with mom and dad because she had a bad dream. And then my, uh, my second one, my, the youngest one, I'm sorry, comes in because she she had a bad dream or whatever. So, so they stay there for a little bit. We put them back to bed and then the youngest one comes back in again and she opens it. We left their bedroom door open and they had their bedroom doors open night lights. So there's more ambient light out there. And I see her standing in the archway or like a silhouette. And as she moves, I could swear that she's, she's, you know, displacing smoke, like walking through Mr. Smoke. And I jump up and I turn the light on and I don't know if I'm in this hypnotic state or whatever, half asleep. And I just, it sees like the, the whole top floor is foggy, you know? And like, I'm trying, I'm like, you know, perceiving smoke. And I, and I call my wife over and I was like, Hey, do you see this? And she's like, no, I don't see anything. I don't have my glasses on. And so I go check the house again. Everything's fine. I'll have, there's no smell. Again, the animals are okay. Everybody's fine. Nobody's coughing, and I'm worried about CO2 and all this other stuff. Anyway, I go back to sleep. You know, I'm you know lose a good couple hours of sleep. You know, worrying about this, putting the kids back and forth to bed. I come come to I wake up this morning, come downstairs in the podcast, explaining to my co-hosts why I was late that I just woke up. And Dan, you tell me uh, that you're late again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, know, yeah, you know, you know, Robbie. I think Dan is trying to take is trying to take your place with the the smart alley comments. No, Robbie does grumpy. I do smart alley. I'm not grumpy. I'm listening yeah, right. to you guys enjoying. I'm eating Doritos and drinking coffee. <laughs> I said you did grumpy. I, I don't I believe do that. Grumpy. She had to go to work early this morning. I didn't even get a chance to speak to her. Oh, not what you meant, is it? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so Dan, please Maybe say your story. Okay, so what Adam is trying to get to is just before I left for no, no, well, the you, you, gotta, you say, well, that's weird. You want to hear even – and I was like, isn't that bizarre? And then Dan says, you want to hear really bizarre? Now go. You had, you had, you had, to, you had to set Dan, it up right, Dan. Dan. Dan, do it over and make it more dramatic this time. Okay. All right. We're trying to, we're trying to sell some – we're trying to sell some entertainment here, all right? Jesus. All right, we're going to edit that out, and in three, two, one. My God, Adam, seriously? You're not going to believe what just happened. It was so <laughs> weird. God, thank goodness uh, you weren't in drama club, Dan. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I miss my mark? You want yeah. me to do it again? No, keep on going. They're ready for you on the set, Mr. DeVille. <laughs> They're not ready for my close-up, though, are they? No. All right, so 
what did, does make it even weirder is that just before I left for the woods, I woke up frantic with distinctly smelling smoke and seeing smoke waft under the bedroom door. So I scream for my for Beth to wake up and I throw open the door and I see smoke in the hallway. And I turn around and look at Beth and she's panicked running towards the door. And when I look back out, I don't see smoke anymore. And we go through the house, we search the house, we can't find anything at all, but I smelled it and clearly saw it. And then a few days later, while we were at the uh, the bear camp, I woke up and could clearly see smoke coming under the door to the point that you know, I put my hand on the door, checked to see if it was hot, checked the doorknob, opened the doorknob, I saw smoke hanging in the cabin. And I looked back in my room to yell at the guy that I was that I was sharing a room with, bunk beds. Calm down, it was bunk beds. Uh, and stick. Dang it. And before I yell, I look back out in the common room, and there's no sign of smoke. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting. I mean, I, you know, there's probably a chance that we were both, uh, you know, what, what did you say, lucid dreaming? Yeah, I, I thought lucid dreaming was just when you can, can like you realize you're dreaming, you can kind of control your dreams. Uh, my I, understanding, I my understanding is that you're physically awake, but you're continuing to dream, and I used to the just call dream that halluc- overlays reality. I used to just call that hallucinations. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't know. I am sure. I am fairly confident there's some distinct differences. Uh, Pro- one of probably. which is we're not crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, the crazy part about mine is that there was, well, yeah, it's me. I mean, this, the the damn smoke detector went off, and I mean, yeah, or did that's it? just. I mean, it woke up my wife too. She heard it. It wasn't just me hearing it. You know, I'm sure that's what she? woke up. God, never mind. <laughs> so I don't know. This is some strange stuff. I don't even know why we're talking about this. It just seemed like a fun topic. <laughs> it was fun right up until we started making fun of you. Yeah. No, no, I don't care. Like, Pete, shit, I don't know. Whoop, you're dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, that uh, might, I think that might replace food. Oh, whoop, you're dead? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, it's, it's an instant classic. I just, I just wish people would capitalize on it a little bit more. So, um, I've got that meme. You want me to send it to you? Do you have it? Yeah. You made one? No, uh, somebody somebody that uh, night made it, and I pulled it down before it all got erased. Oh, uh, okay. We'll talk about that a little bit later. All right. So, you know, this, could, this could be a two-hour podcast. I, hey, I'm, we haven't done a podcast in like a month, so it should be a two-hour podcast. I don't know. It's, it's up to, that's up to you two. But I guess we should talk about our sponsors. So, of course, the Quick Thrower Podcast is brought to you by Dogwood Custom Knives. Check out dogwoodcustomknives.com, dealers at Edgeworks and Arizona Custom Knife. Also, Live Fire Gear LLC. Guys, check out Live Fire Gear LLC. We have a new combo product that will be out here shortly. I don't even know if I'm allowed to. Well, I guess I can tell you about it if I want to tell you about it, right, Robbie? <laughs> I, think, I think you've got the authority. <laughs> we have a new combo it- product. And... Uh, I guess I'm gonna tell you, tell you now. Why not? It'll be a a, a, save it a for thing the that you'll see hour. some. Save it for a second hour. <laughs> well, basically, it'll be all of our, all the live fire products in one, um, 
And uh, Blade Show is very good for us. So you guys should be seeing some more live fire stuff, uh, some more colors, some more products. And uh, we're pretty excited about that. Right now we have a 20% off sale. Check out our Facebook page for all of the uh, details. But we have some red, white, and blue paracord limited edition, uh, su- you know, small sw- uh, supplies in case you guys uh, want some patriotic uh, paracord. And we'll be doing some more some more colors here in the very near future. But we, uh, it was actually a funny story about the red, white, and blue. It, it, it was kind of an accident that happened, and we were like, well, you know what? That's perfect. We'll, we'll use that for uh, Fourth of July. And, uh, guys, do us a favor. Check out the website at equiptoendure.com. Uh, you know, start your fair play account today. Uh, one cool thing that we've changed, you can actually earn cash uh, through your fair play account. If you guys like, hey, I don't want to spend – five cents on the the website or whatever uh you know that might be your opinion but if you check out some of our sponsors click on their their websites and you look around you'll actually earn cash for doing that and then you can use that cash to put in for uh contests and giveaways or you can use it for your your e2e membership or you can just uh, save it up and cash it out and like earn money literally you know earn what money. I like about that system what's that in today's world, you just have to accept that you're going to have to see ads to be able to see stuff. Yes. And at least this way you get to pick which ads you're seeing. Well, that's kind of that was kind of our goal. That was the idea is that, you know, unfortunately, you got to pay the piper with advertising because advertising pays the bills. Are you going to be bombarded with a bunch of ads that, you know, for Valtrex on yeah. YouTube? <laughs> you know, yeah. or are you going to video? I, I don't need to know about feminine hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. Or politi- the one, the, the big ones are, are the political ones. I try to, you know, we try to stay, you know, yeah, got uh, politically neutral. Uh, now I won't say that I, I won't make a philosophical argument or whatever. You guys know how I roll with that. Um, but anyway, so we wanted to partner up with good dealers, distributors, manufacturers, or companies that we've vetted. We like their products, and we want to educate you guys about their products because it's probably stuff that you guys want to buy anyway. You know, most of the stuff that we talk about is gear, so nope. that was kind How of the way we were going to go. I, I do I actually do like your knives. It's not just your winning personality, Dan. <laughs> so, flattery will get you everywhere. I know. Now, Rob, uh, he can't he can't stand your your winning personality. He says your knives are okay most of the time. So, yeah. you know, from Robbie, <laughs> that's actually pretty high praise. It probably yeah. is. It probably is. I've never been told to f off and appreciated it so much before in my life. <laughs> so, Robbie, you've been kind of quiet. Why don't you tell the folks what's going on in your neck of the woods? We probably have to un- my neck probably of the woods to- has actually changed locations. I know, man. I'm excited. Uh, the the wife uh, arranged for a a transfer to uh, so that we could make a move, and we found us a nice uh, beautiful log cabin, and uh, we relocated. Congratulations! That's what all the cool kids are doing. Yes, and it was it was one of those things as we were looking for homes that uh, y- you know when when one was just meant for you. Uh, it, just spoke, we, it spoke to you. Yeah, when we found a log cabin that already had a pre-built on-site uh, five-run dog kennel constructed, and it's logged to match the home in the backyard, we we knew it was meant for us. And you guys got a little bit of uh, property that that's close by that you can uh, do a little bit of outdoor stuff on as well, right? Uh, sometimes, uh, depending on the weather. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we are in uh, in a in 
we're we're in we're in a part of the the world where you know one day you're doing woods training and you wake up the next morning and you're doing river and flood training yes yeah, with water <laughs> rescue yeah just you know and that's just trying to get out of your hammock i'll tell you we had a we had a bunch of we had a death here uh on the lake right by my house uh, the water raised too high and, and the boat went over the the dam it's been crazy the oh, rain here's been crazy yeah so Anyway, uh, but congratulations, dude. That's awesome. Thank you. And um, how how are the puppies? How are the puppies like in the new the new property? Oh, they they love it. Uh, you know, the old one, uh, she was unsure about this whole staircase thing, get having to go up the staircase, and down the staircase to go to bed, and all that. But uh, I think it's good for her, and uh, we got her on some uh, good quality glucosamine tablets. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, it's making a big difference, and and she's like. Five years younger again, it feels like. How how old is, is Kimba now? Uh, 13, 14, wow. somewhere in there. 14, oh, maybe. That's, that's crazy. Ace, Ace will be seven in, in December. Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, not, Big Ace is six. No spring chickens anymore. I know. I'm, I'm caught in a dilemma, guys, with, with the new uh, kennel. I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I need to... Go back into business in the dog training stuff. Maybe, maybe come out with my own line of uh, protection dogs. I would love it. Yeah, I, I would be a big fan of that. I, I will tell you, man. I don't get me wrong. I love my boy, but I do love Ivy size a lot. That yeah. mouse size. Um, there's just something that's working for me with that. I mean, she's still a she's still a, a bullet out of a gun. For sure, I am trying to. Uh, one of one of my uh, dilemmas, I guess, is mm-hmm. trying to decide whether I want to go down the road of a a specific breed, uh, like a purebred breed, mm-hmm. or whether I want to delve into the uh, band dog, you know, uh, arena with with dogs that are not of a specific breed, but of their own breed, designed to be a purely working dog for defensive purpose. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I, 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 if anybody could do it, I know you could. And um, having a buddy that's a, a, a master trainer and owns a kennel, it's like having a buddy with a boat. It's all of the fun and none of the work. Yeah. Right, right. So and I'm that, and really strongly supportive of this decision. It should keep you entertained too, Robbie. Yeah. Well, the, the controversy And you can hang out with people that you've got things in common with, the, like dogs. The, the controversy is if I go the way of the purebred, mm-hmm. mar- marketing becomes easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If I go the, the route of the band dog, I, I may have a higher quantity of workable dogs, mm-hmm. but it's difficult explaining to people that, you know, just because you have AKC paperwork with your dog doesn't mean they're <laughs> qualified to do jack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could have a very well-bred uh, paperweight. You're right, um, and and a lot of people that's their their lack of education on dogs leads them to believe that that paperwork is what makes a dog. So, you know, if I go the band dog route, um, I may end up having to fight harder on the marketing to get people to realize that okay, what you say you want. Is what I'm offering, even if it doesn't look like what you want. 
you know, what you think you want. If you did go purebred, what what breed do you think you would go? Probably, probably either Malinois or Dutchie. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could go Dutch Malinois. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is that is because mostly of size, like you mentioned, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in our modern world, the cars have gotten smaller and and families, you know, all got to cram in a vehicle together and, you know, the, the yards are getting smaller, life is getting smaller and uh, the, the Malinois just fits into a smaller package. Mm-hmm. I love the fecal factor of Ace, <laughs> but he is a pain to take places sometimes. Right. Yeah, uh, I, and, and I nobody, nobody stops the situation and and weighs out an attack dog before they decide whether they're afraid of it. This is also true. So yeah, I I, I think that that's a a pretty a pretty smart way to go to tell you the truth. My I would say also just from a personal standpoint, I am kind of. Uh, invested emotionally in mm-hmm. the the darker bloodlines of the Malinois, some of the blacks mm-hmm. and the the uh the the grays and all I do, I do just love those so I don't know well as far as size goes Robbie made a great observation when uh when I was thinking about matcha what to get next and he said drive four 16 penny nails into your forearm and then hang 40 pounds off that and tell me what you're going to want to do yeah, yeah. You know, when you get when you got something with the bite strength of a well trained Malinois or Dutchy clamped down on your arm, the difference between forty five pounds and ninety pounds becomes pretty negligent. Yeah, negligible. Negligible. Agreed. It doesn't matter. Fancy word. Yeah. Insert fancy word here. There we go. So, if anybody has any comments, any of our listeners, uh, feel free to email me. I'm I'm open to listening to people's opinions, even if they don't have any education on the subject, because I'm very well Neither educated. Neither do the people you sell to. Yeah, I'm very well educated on the subject, and I have no blasted clue, so what well, I have to do. The advantage to a purebred is people know what a Malinois is. This is Very true. few people know what a band dog is. This is true. I don't know. I think... Um, I think it's unfortunate that we have the. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kind of a, a purebred snob. I wouldn't buy. It, it, let me, let me. I don't even know how to put this into words that makes sense. I, I do have you never the. Do. Yeah, I do have the. You know, the inkling that if I'm going to buy a dog from a stranger, and I could, I could see that. You know, it, it, if there's somebody out there who can help me out, like Robbie, you know. There's always a gamble when you pick up a dog, even if it's purebred. You just have uh, more chance sometimes to get a a better dog if you know the 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 trainer and the the breeder and broker and everything. And I got I got pretty lucky uh, with the dog that I got. Um, but at the same time, you could still get a you know just a waste. And it, it doesn't guarantee anything. Um, but it's also I don't know I don't know. I see your dilemma, Robbie. I'll stop just, you know, <laughs> mumbling you know, to myself. My biggest concern you, you of will, anything you, happens. You will stop just short of giving an actual opinion that may help me. 
Thanks. Uh, well, I mean, it's just like, I, all right, well, my opinion is, is that I think on a business side, strictly business, y- you should, you should go with the purebred because it's going to, it's going to resonate with more people. Um, and you're going to have an easier time. You're not going to be explaining, well, it doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, people are going to come in with an assumption that the dog is going to perform a certain way just because it's a purebred. And that could be a positive thing. You know, you don't have to fight that other hurdle. Um, you know, it's not like you have – it's not like there's anything wrong with the, the Dutch – the Dutchies or the Mouse in general. You know, they don't have as many problems as some of the larger – like they don't have as many problems as Shepherds. They don't have as many problems, problems as the Dobermans and stuff like that. So you're probably going to be getting – um, a better stock because they're, they're breeds that aren't super popular. They haven't been popular for very long, and so they haven't been watered down and, and destroyed like some other breeds. You know, there's probably a little bit more diversity, if 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 I'm right about that. There there are aspects though in what you just said mm-hmm. um, that, for example, um, differences. Yeah. For example, I, I think uh, you're you're familiar with the amount of hair that those yes. breeds produce inside your home, and you must clean up, uh, which is one of those avoidable avoidable things with a shorter haired dog. Yeah, like Ivy them. Ivy doesn't shed at all compared to what Ace sheds. Like Ace is a woolly mammoth. Yeah, and, and many of your many of your band dogs are from are, are have a a bulldog lineage, and and mastiff lineage, and and have short hair. Yeah. Um, so, Robbie, I've I've been waiting a few years to be able to to a, to ask this question, and it, it's mostly because well, I, I finally get to quote you back to you. So, are you telling me you're trying to decide whether or not you want to make the best possible product? Is that what you're trying to decide? Um, yes and no, Dan. <laughs> yes and no. Because unlike what uh, you do, where the end, the performance of the end result is dependent on the quality of the, the, the materials you start with, in, in my situation, I can hand you a end result that is almost identical Based on the style of training I put on the 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 uh, foundation stock, so while I would train one differently than I would train the other, it is both in both cases we're chasing the same end result. So it would be like it. What if you started with O one steel on one side and CPM one fifty four on the other? But because of your your you had some magical heat treating method that the end which result, I do, which the end result would be they both performed exactly the same. That wasn't nearly as much fun as I would hoped it would be. I know it's 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 a, it's a pain in the ass. The, the other the other thing on the business God, end, being Robbie, Robbie is hard, and this is uh, purely just the business end. You're gonna have more prejudice against the the bully breeds, a bully lineage. Yeah. Yeah, and you're gonna have you're gonna have a harder time selling it to a you know selling a dog to a, a national market if you ever want to. Because I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, there's probably a couple thousand. Pet. No, uh, in New Jersey, that had a bully breed assist uh, handicap assistance dog. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to it after this conversation. Okay. Well, anyway, 
Um, I mean, because, you know, there's there's probably a couple thousand people out there that want a dog from Robert Oliver, you know, that have seen Ace, that have seen Ivy, that have seen Macha, that have seen uh, Kimba, and they're like, well, I want a dog trained like that. If you're, if you're going to be training, you know, you're, you're talking about training fully full adult or young young dogs, um, not just puppies. I mean, they're, they're going to want whatever you train them to be. But the people who don't know you, and who, who who might not be able to rent their house out if they have a if they have a bulldog, you know, or or what or people perceive to be a, something of a pit bull lineage. So that's kind of the other thing. And, and don't get me wrong, you know that I love pit bulls. They're amazing dogs. I, did, I never said pit bull. Well, you I'm sorry, bully. Bully. So anything that anybody less educated would confuse with being a pit bull or something like that. Well, personally, you know? I think if anybody confuses an American bulldog with a pit bull. They're they should not be allowed. They're they should not be allowed shouldn't be making any decisions on dogs anyway. Yeah, but that that's not that's not the reality. The reality is people mistake them all the time. Hey, you know, some somebody might see hey. somebody might see uh, uh, Kane. Yes, sir. I live in a world where there is a chance for change, and one man can make a difference in what reality is. Okay. <laughs> Don't be uh, so somebody's been watching <laughs> Age of Ultron again. <laughs> Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like on the, on the business end, just a strictly businessman. Yeah. You know, I, I would say that the Mao, the Mao, and your, your Dutchies will probably be the most, the most profitable. They'll probably be the easiest to market, and it's not like, um, I think for training purposes. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know that, that, uh, bully breeds sometimes need a little bit more. Uh, special training, training not not to say they maybe they and this is something training. you told different training, yeah, and and they probably need a more experienced trainer, correct? Like like a not like for me, I was very novice in in training Ace. I, I was I was able to make mistakes, and and Ace was able to rebound from that because of the kind of psychology or whatever. Where that might not be the case if I if I got a bully breed. Well, uh, a Malinois, I mean. You can ruin a Malinois as easy or easier than a bully breed, I would think. I would actually say that you need to be more critical with the bully breeds when making a decision on which dogs to train and which dogs should not be. And, and we're talking specifically protection work here. Yeah. Um, you know, all, in, any dog can be trained obedience-wise and all that. That's not what we're talking mm-hmm. about. We're talking about working dogs. I think from a working dog perspective, the trainer needs to be more critical in his decisions of what dog passes qualification to receive that type of training. But once the dog has been selected to be uh, adequate and appropriate, I I don't find that the the bully breeds are any more difficult uh, for that type of work. Uh, But do you have to be more critical? I think in the in the selection process, but see again, that's not something the client's going to have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. you know that's on me. Uh, and, and I 100% agree with what everything you said, Adam. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's what's making this process or this decision hard for me, is mm-hmm. because I'm now faced with a choice of do I make a decision to go back to doing something from the perspective of finances, or you know. Do I make a statement with what I'm doing, proving a point, you know, so, of right and wrong? 
So do you make thin blade, really efficient knives, or do you just go with the current and make thick, less effective no, I, knives? I, I think no, no. See, I think that's a I think that's a poor analogy, Dan. No, no offense, because I don't think a a, a, a Dutch or Mao is less effective than a Bandog. Uh-huh. I just think that it's yeah, going to be great it's going to be less. Yeah, it's going to be less work. <laughs> I, I'm not sure about that, Adam. Okay. And here's the reason. I, I, the less work, I'm talking about less work on the marketing. Okay, less work on the marketing, yes. Uh, but from the perspective of a satisfied client, yeah. let's face it, a dog-like uh, Ivy, for instance, mm-hmm. could require a lot more exercise than the average family can handle giving. That is true. Ivy, Ivy is a divorce waiting to happen for most families. Right. Whereas a, something that's genetics are borrowed from the bully and the mastiff lines may be more inclined to be a couch potato more often than that Malinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, for a true defensive dog, you don't need it to be a hyper-athlete that can run something down for a half mile. Right. Uh, so for family guardian home defense type dog, the, the – the end result would be they're happier in the purchase the day they buy it with the Malinois, but in truth, they may actually be happier a year later with the band dog. Yeah, if they buy and, and it. So, right, if they buy it. And so yeah. you, see the, you see the dilemma there. Yeah. No, I mean, I, mean, I, it, I, I, mean I understand the dilemma. It took no. somebody with Robbie's experience to pick Matcha out to fit in our family. Uh, you know, someone less experienced picking those bloodlines. You know, I, it would be matcha. It would be matcha and I living in an apartment right now. Let, let, let me rephrase the question then. It, it's is it easier? Is it is it easier to give people what they want and inform it to what they need, or to change people's mind to what they need so that they want it? Well, and here here's the problem with that. I mean, but that's, so that's, basi- that's up, basically the dilemma, right? If, if the individual shows up with the money to mm-hmm. purchase the Malinois, and I know that this dog is hardcore, going to do the job perfectly, but I also know that the family I'm looking at is ill-prepared to live with this psychotic animal. Mm-hmm. It, uh, my, my own moral beliefs wouldn't allow me to sell that dog to him anyway. Yeah. It's almost like that scene in Unbreakable, when Samuel Jackson's in the in the comic book art gallery, and that guy's like, "Oh, Jeffy's gonna like this." He's like, "Excuse me," he's like, "I believe one of one of us is wasted the other time. This is a piece of art. This isn't a toy for some kid named Jeffy." You know what I mean? Exactly right. And and see, in my perspective, to send that dog to that home would be punishing the dog. It would be cruelty to put the dog into a position where. The family is not going to exercise him. Therefore, he's going to build up frustration, destroy their house. Then they're going to hate on the dog. I don't. I don't think it's cruelty. I, I actually. I actually disagree with you, man. I, I. I think that you're taking away that person's choice to be responsible. You're enabling that that per, that person. I mean, if somebody wants to buy a dog, unless you think they're going to be abusive, you know, and 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 beat the dog. But they're grown ass. They're grown ass people, man. If they want to buy a dog. They should have the right to buy a dog. It's not your responsibility to to police yeah, them. But if I'm selling, if the... I'm selling guns and you show up and start pointing the gun at my head, 
while you're looking at it. I'm not well, gun, selling you the damn gun. Well, well guns, guns, right are, sell, guns are right guns are regulated, and also you're talking about a, you're talking about a crime now. Now they're committing a crime in your presence. You know? yes. They may have the right to buy it, but that doesn't mean I'm obligated to sell it. You're not obligated to sell it. Uh, you know? Okay, if they prove that they're going to be an irresponsible gun owner. Well, let, well, let me so let me let me flip what? let me flip the script on you. When I bought Ace, I was not prepared for what for, I was not prepared uh, for what I thought that I needed to do to what I to what I know I need to do now. But I went and got myself educated and became more and more prepared by paying for classes, by going for classes, by talking to experts, and, and you know, and, you, and figuring you, out what to do. You rose to the occasion, which and, is rare, and I have proof that you are a rarity. At okay. any city in this country, I can take you to a overfilled dog pound. Let's that talk about Melissa. The average individual does not rise to the occasion. So, so Melissa, the the soap lady with Indigo. Yeah, she does. You guys should go of, check out. You should go check out her soaps. They're awesome. Oh yeah, you, y'all got another. Y'all get. Uh, well, one of you has got a thank you for well, working the booth care package coming. Well, I, I will tell you though, she did send me a sample since it's it's yeah. pine coffee and hops g- number nine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, like, what is the most manly soap we can make? Pine coffee and hops number nine, manly at, like outdoors, manly. But continue your yeah. story there. Man. Uh, she does a lot of. Uh, she works with uh, dog rescues, um, mm-hmm. fostering. Yep. And she works with a lot of the the high risk dogs. And she has a freaking amazing uh, Dutch Shepherd uh, that they got. That it was about to be euthanized, and somebody realized that that this dog needed work, but it went to somebody who had no idea what they were getting, and they nearly ruined the dog. And Melissa, with all of her experience, has freely admitted that they are struggling to find a dog that a house that can keep that dog because she can barely work it enough to keep it sane. Yeah. And her biggest concern is if they don't pick the next family very carefully, that dog's going to be euthanized. Yeah. It's going to go nuts. The family's going to, going to not want it. It's going to become unadoptable because it's drive is just through the roof and it's going to be put down all because somebody sold a working dog to somebody that had no business having it. Yeah. But you, you can't tell me that, that, Robbie, that you you aren't going to find the same situation if you sell somebody a band dog. <laughs> no, but Robbie's saying it's his obligation to not. To... No, Adam. What I'm saying is that there is nobody out there just making a movie recently about the band dog that came home from combat when his handler got killed and got put in the home with the soldier's son, uh, little brother, and. And, and, you, and you're through. and you're not and you're not and you're not. You don't think that you you're skilled enough to uh, to identify these people before they purchase the dog. Yes, but I think there's going to be a higher propensity uh-huh. of that type of mentality searching for that dog with papers and that you, pure okay. bloodline than there would be the individuals out there who do not care what the bloodline is. They're looking for an animal to do a specific job, are very honest about what their capabilities are as handlers and owners. And, uh, you know, I think it would be easier to find the right clientele 
just less successful. With band dogs, the people that come to your door are going to be far more serious. Yeah, uh, I think. But I and again, this is why I, why I'm asking because for every one of these arguments I make, there's two counter arguments that would prove I'm wrong. Well, I'm, I, I, I think I'm I think that one of the fun all the work for me. I think so. that one of the fundamental things, and and, I, and I'm gonna put this out, out there, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that is is that the the primary goal of any business is to make money. Yeah, you know, that's 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 the whole reason. And you know, it's not to it's not to make friends. It's it's not to you know. Well, there needs to be. It could also be to personally enrich my life. That's that's true. That's by, true. But but you can't enrich your life if the if the if the company that you're you're running or the business you're running is is running at a deficit. That's going to do the opposite of enriching your life. And I'm not talking true, about spiritually. It's going to be a it's going to be a mental drag. It's going to be an emotional drag. And you're going to have to deal with, you know, you know how how many convers like you you can't stand the conversations of, of you know, dealing with people who are just dumb animal owners, right? And I think regardless of of uh, well, I mean here's here's the one good thing I think you have for you, is that you are you are well known in a community of people that you wouldn't mind speaking with who probably want to buy a dog from you. I think that if, if, if tomorrow Oliver Canine, you know, or Oliver, you know, breed, whatever, whatever, you know, you would name the company, and we came down there and shot a video, and there's a litter of eight, nine puppies, they'd probably sell overnight. And yeah. You probably have a, a pool of individuals that you could interview and ascertain, you know, if this is going to be a good fit for them. And um, if, in, I was, if I was rainy, raising and selling trained dogs, well, Adam, you know how much work, and Dan also, how much work goes into a trained dog. Absolutely. And the price goes up. The, the mm-hmm. additional price would also inhibit people. Idiots. Know, yeah, that's that's the one thing that I, everybody would the, want one until they found out they were thirty thousand dollar dogs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's but but that's some of the reason that that the the animals are are that expensive, and that's not. I don't think that's a bad thing, you know. And I I've talked about that, you know. If you want to go buy ace right now or, or somebody from the same line of ace you're talking about six grand just to get in the door and that's not and that's not saying that he's fully armed and operational you know that's a that's a young dog yeah now, that's is a that, yeah is is that is that overpriced maybe i mean I, I could tell you i mean if robbie had formally charged me or not not i'm sorry i shouldn't that's not like <laughs> a law enforcement thing if robbie had if 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 Robbie didn't just train me and Ace together, and he charged me a fee for the hours that he's that he wasn't my friend, the hours I mean, that's probably I twenty thousand bucks. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've worked we've worked hours and hours and hours with with Ace, and we just did it for fun. I mean, we we we'd be out there camping, and we had breakfast done, and you hey man, you want to do some work with Ace? Yeah, let's do it. You know, um, so it it was different than you know going in for formal training, but I mean, there's. There's tons of, of work to be done, um, I, I, and I see your dilemma, man. I do, and I just think that it's it's. I just have know, to be. I just have to make sure that what I do for money isn't going to put me in a situation to violate my own moral compass. Well, yeah, I, driven I, that, and see, that's kind of the that's kind of the part that I that I kind of disagree with you. I mean, if Dan sells a knife. 
right? And some guy takes that knife and goes and stabs somebody. Did Dan violate his morals? No, but if no, but if the guy tells him on it when he, when he talks to Dan that he really needs a good knife for stabbing people. Yeah. Well, what uh, if he's a soldier? Or, or you know? if a guy says, "I'm an EMT and I want to be able to cut car doors open with this knife." Mm-hmm. I probably am not going to sell him a one sixteenth inch Huntsman. Uh, no matter how okay. badly they want it, no matter how. Much I think that if any, done, I, I think if anybody asked to cut a, a, a door open with one of your knives, Dan, I, I think you'd probably think that person was crazy. So, <laughs> my, my 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 slapping hand would get all itchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, it, it's uh, it, dude. I understand. I understand your dilemma. I, I just I think that you're putting yourself at a position of disadvantage um, with the band dog. Now, something you might you, you might be able to start a revolution. You know, and and the band dogs get popular. Um, well, but then if that, ha- th- th- but it if wasn't that so happens, it was so long ago that everybody was buying quarter inch knife blades. And it, but if that happens, then you're kind of faced with the same dilemma that you're worried about people just buying the dog because it's popular. And that you're ba- back. I mean, selling dogs is difficult, man. I don't. I do not envy dog dealers. I mean, it it is it, it is a it is a challenging thing, you know. And I I think that the only way you really do it. To, to a position where um, it works is just make sure that the price is high enough that the what is the emission the emission the price of emission it, you know it it challenges people to make sure that they're more serious now you're still going to probably have idiots that have more more money than sense that always exists out there but I don't really know if there's anything that you can do about that um, tell you what Robbie I got the answer I just figured it out do one of each and then give them to me. And you can see which one you think would be the better dog for people. Yeah, that will work out. <laughs> hey, Dan. Yeah. I just got a home that adequately sized for me. I don't need you and four dogs coming to live at my house because your wife has disowned you. Although, you should have heard her bragging on Matcha. Matcha has gone from do you really need that dog to let me tell you about what my dog did? Well, wasn't that kind of the idea when we picked her out? Uh, again, we were not going to say that on the podcast where oh, she yeah. might hear it. Oh yeah. She okay. does. Listen. Yes. If only to make fun of me. She actually listens to this podcast. Oh, and critiques me. I didn't realize anybody actually listened to it. It happens from yeah. time to time. Oh, believe me. That- I have media training every Tuesday after she listens to the podcast. <laughs> I mean, obviously none of it works, but she tries. Uh, I actually did get a compliment from somebody at Blade Show about the podcast. I met a lot of guys at the podcast. We actually should talk about Blade Show really? here in a second. Uh, at the podcast, I, I met a lot of people at Blade Show this year. Like you know, as we always do. But a I lot of comments, up. a lot of comments was like, "Hey man, really love the podcast. Um, where is it?" <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, "Hey man, we we just we've been taking." a crazy amount of breaks. I mean, a crazy amount of stuff's happened. So we had to take breaks and there, you know, there's been internet issues. Robbie just got his internet back. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about that, that struggle, Robbie. Um, we have trouble waking up on time to do our podcast. Yeah. Because of smoke and, you know, aliens and all other stuff. So yeah, it took, mm. it took three and a half weeks just to get a internet, just to get fiber optic cable, you know, at my house. Um, from the one provider willing to, to get me high-speed internet out here. Yeah. Another thing is, if anybody's out there who is a podcast 
you know, specialist, uh, and you, you want to assist me, I, I do want to find a way to, to put our podcast on Stitcher and how to put it someplace where the, you know, the bandwidth, because we're using um, blog talk radio right now and there's a hundred megs and we'd like to do uh, some longer shows. So we would not like to be limited by that, but it's always a struggle. And I've seen some of these other podcasts like Podbean or Podomatic, and it could be, you know, a couple hundred dollars and you, and you use up your space pretty quickly. Um, and we have a lot of downloads. So, you know, I don't know if we could afford $5,000 a year for, for, you know, podcast uh, space out there on the interwebs. So anybody um, Alex, who knows about that? Uh on the on that note, Alex saved up all of his Blade Show money, uh-huh. and bought himself a new computer. Cool. Um, which, first of all, it gave me a little pause when I found out that little sucker made that much money on nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I had to do a full accounting, and he didn't shave anything. He really did make that many knives. Wow, um, nice. But uh, he is donating his his. And I'm going to send it down to our uh, technical expert mm-hmm. um, and have it scrubbed and set up strictly for podcast report uh, recording. His old laptop. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to take the new one, but Beth said that that was just inappropriate. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. But Rob, Robbie, I, I understand your dilemma. I, I, my vote is, is, is the Mal or the Dutchie. Okay. Um, my vote, vote is the Band Dog. Okay, that was helpful. <laughs> that was a great one for each. <laughs> Mostly just to be contrary with Adam. So, yeah, I think Dan is wrong. <laughs> but maybe you could do all of them. You know? Now we're we're pushing beyond what I've, I'm going to find. Uh, w- once it becomes so much of a job mm-hmm. that I no longer anymore. care about the job. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, you want that those some some black duchies, I, black I do mouths, want, the black mouths, the black mouths. I do want the yeah, I do li- love them. So, but you also let's talk about some of your bullies that you've bred, that you've trained. This is true. Some of the best family dogs I've ever owned have been of the bully bloodlines. And gee, if only you knew where you could find something like an Alapaha to start uh, working a bloodline with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so let's talk about Blade Show. Um, got a, a bunch of uh, videos from Blade Show that we pushed out already, folks. I might even go over the list. It's it's a lot. Um, first off, you know, Robbie, I didn't miss you not being there at Blade Show. Thank you. It's nice <laughs> to be missed. It, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. Um, yeah, I, I, I missed his camaraderie and spending time with him, but I really did not appreciate his skills as a talent wrangler. Yeah, um, you, you, you were missed deeply, Robbie. Yeah, awesome. Well, you know what I, I missed? I missed the hound dog ability you have to find interesting stuff at the show. Because I, I really don't feel like I saw anything like. And this is no offense to anybody. But I, I it, it's like there's nothing there that I really hadn't seen. And I, I don't want to sound like an arrogant jackwagon or something, but usually we always find something new and innovative. I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. And, I mean, it was still a good show. It was actually a really fun show, don't get me wrong. Um, but there's nothing really that jumped out at me, with the exception of my, my corn cob-handled uh, uh, dogwood custom knife that I'm very happy with. Yeah, I was about so. to say, one of your sponsors that premiered uh, 
two or three new patterns and some new glow in the dark stuff. Uh, once to talk. Oh, uh, you know, you're right. You're right. There was some stuff that was very interesting. All the stuff from uh, Reliance other work. Oh, you are a douche. <laughs> yeah, but you said it. You are a douche nozzle. <laughs> Hashtag. You set it up for him. I know. I know. And uh, yeah, that it was a it was a fun it was a fun show, man. We had a good time. I'll tell you, I, I did I did something a little bit different here, um, at the show. We uh. You know, there's been there's been uh, years that we've gone and shot 30, 40, 50 videos at Blade, and I just I didn't do that. I actually went around and I enjoyed myself. I talked to everybody. You know, we shot about I think 14 or 15 total, um, so we kept it pretty lean. And we did miss uh, the cameraman. what? I said we did miss the cameraman. We did that. Yeah, yeah. Pam did a good I- job though, man. She she did a great job, but I kept missing my blocking. So you know, yes, she wasn't a professional. We, there. we we did speak about that that she wasn't able to throw elbows like you, Robbie, to stop people from walking in our shot. Yeah, but we had some very, it's a very entertaining ones. What about the guy? What about the guy while you were doing the Reliance leather work? Oh, man. Honey, come here. Check this. out. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was. There's just no way to edit that out, was there? No, I, well, you know what? That was such a rare, like, like the way that all happened, and he was so loud. That's what people don't realize is like those microphones are pretty sensitive, and, and a lot of time you can't hear anything. If if somebody turns their head and starts talking, you can't hear anything. That guy was projecting so much that he just came through crystal clear, and it was just so funny that we just had to leave it in there. Um, so I mean, he was a nice gentleman. He actually came up and apologized to us afterwards. Like, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize you guys were filming. And I was like, no, it's okay. You just walk right by the camera. <laughs> and he's like, no problem. He, ch- he chuckled buy at that. Buy a knife and a know. custom sheath. We'll call it even. Uh, did he? Did he buy a knife? Um, I can't remember if he bought a knife. I know his wife was looking at one. I know he yeah. bought. He damn near bought one of everything that Reliance makes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was he was a nice he was a nice guy. He just it was a it was a funny mistake. But I I you know wanted to keep it in there. It was entertaining. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. Speaking of keeping videos in. Oh, okay. Let's, you want to you <laughs> jump into this? Uh, uh, I don't know. Are we – I mean, are you comfortable talking about it? Are we allowed to talk about it? I mean, I, I'm, not un, I'm not uncomfortable to talk about it, talk about it and, 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 I, and, and I'm allowed to do whatever I want. It's it's a free country. Um, or do we, and I, do we use this to, as a lead-in to talk about the lawsuit? Uh, we could do that too. We could do that too. Well, as many of you may or may not know um, – as I was walking around, there's one point where I think Pam was at the Dogwood booth, and um, I was just kind of walking around. I didn't have my camera with me or anything, and I was just taking some pictures and stuff, and I had my cell phone out. And I walked by the Cold Steel booth, and I saw an, ex- an exchange with uh, you know, the, the Cold Steel owner, Lynn Thompson. Uh, he was doing some of the demos for some of the me- medieval weapons, and it was just a very kind of surreal experience, and you know – and uh, so I recorded this little snippet, and I put it up on YouTube. And, you know, I, I didn't say anything. I just kind of gave a look when, you know, there was kind of an odd thing that happened. And I was kind of – I was having I was having a go at Lynn. I mean, I'll, I'll freely admit that. And um, But it was good-natured. I mean, you weren't – It was – I, I wasn't trying to – I mean, here's the thing. And, and, and those of you guys who are listening to this podcast know, I mean, we – you know, n- nobody makes fun of – makes fun of us like us. Before you know I mean? this goes any further. Mm-hmm. I need to ask a question. Shoot. How freely am I allowed to 
speak my mind on this subject. You 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 are you are in a free I, society, my friend. I, I recognize that, but at, at this moment, I am a representative, a host of the E two E podcast, and blah blah blah. The views of Robert Oliver may or may not be the views of Equip to Endure LLC. <laughs> As a sponsor, I'm comfortable with. We can always edit him out later. Well, in that case. Why don't you guys call a damn spade a spade? The man's making a damn fool of himself, and you record it and make fun of the fact that he's making a fool of himself. <laughs> you didn't I, tell him to make an idiot out of himself. He did that. Well, he I will got say up there and was being stupid. I will say that. I will say that it, it was a little. Here, here's my. Here's my. Here's my opinion of the whole thing. All right, from. And I'm and I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be I'm going to be well rounded the whole thing. If you go to if you go to Blade Show, if you go to Shot Show, there is a certain amount of ridiculous ridiculousness associated with the excess of it. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I got my bug out bag. I got my go kit and whatever. But I mean, there are times, and I am willing to admit that we go, you know. Way overboard on stuff. Way overboard. As okay. as somebody working the show, it you really have to push things to get people's attention. You do. You do. And I mean, it, it like we have said this before. I mean, we we kind of joke at at, at Shot Show. Like, how many new variants of AR fifteen or M sixteen platform can you sell? You know what I mean? And there's always this next new doodad or whatever. It's just it's just the the market, the sale. You know, I understand. Have a woman in a bikini hold it. Exactly, exactly. What what does a girl in a skimpy, you know, low cut shirt have to do with flashlights? You know what I mean? I don't know, but I want one. <laughs> so so that there's there's a part there, and I, I want to say again too is that you know we do a blooper reel every year. You know, we're always we're always going at at one another. You know, a joke. While I mean, we we hassle each other in this podcast. So to set up in the context of it, now, you know, I understand that Cold Steel has some kind of, you know, they say they have some kind of historic appreciation for these medieval weapons, and that's fine. I mean, I, I will I will fully admit when I was you know 12 years old, I bought a ninja sword. You know what I mean? And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I had no idea about knives or whatever. Uh, like I do now, and and, it, and looking back at it, it's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of goofy, but you know what? That's what you do when you're 12 years old. You know, I may have gotten the one with the spiked guard, so I could punch somebody, <laughs> and the spike on the back, so I could hit them on the backswing, and yeah, the, yeah. the blade on the top, I, so I could hit them on the upswing. Again, I've actually the views of Robert Oliver do not reflect the views of the E2E podcast. <laughs> that's what you do when you're 12 years old, or you're apparently let, let, you're a full grown adult who owns. Let, let me let me let me let me hey, finish. Adam, let me finish Adam, my story. Let me finish. Let me finish. You no, I did. I did. I do have a lightsaber though. <laughs> I do have a lightsaber that, that glows and lights up. It's pretty awesome. And anyway, um, so and I've actually bought a cold steel. It's a some kind of cutlass I bought for one of my officers who is a Civil War reenactor up in Gettysburg, and he loves it. You know. Anyway, so now looking at looking at the cold steel setup. You know, the, these guys are you know battle garb. The one guy that's got a full mask has got a skull on it. You know. And, was and that if a you watch any, or a fencing helmet, it looked like it looked like a fencing helmet that had like a skull sock pulled over. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, th- they're obviously kind of having to go themselves. 
and um, and you know they're they're jumping around and 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 being kind of crazy and whatnot. So I just thought it was funny, you know what I mean? So and I, I poked fun fun at it. I thought it was you know something that's kind of goofy. It was in the spirit of having a good time. I mean, one of the you get, one of the first video that I edited was a blooper video. Um, until for, they, for the show. Until they said something, I thought they were joking around. Well, and and when I when I originally shot the video, um, it, actually you and Beth had come. We were getting ready to go to dinner, and it was like a short, oh, yeah. like a one minute thing. And so when you guys come in, and I'm just you know, I, we already had a couple, we already had a couple beers, getting ready, we're primed, getting primed, getting ready to hang out with the Eastlands. <laughs> you know, you and a, uh, so you, you we, want to chalk we, up before you get on the trapeze. That's right. And so, uh, so we put the video out there, and I actually thought that everybody would kind of enjoy it. Like, I really thought that I was like, "All right, this will be fun." So we put it out there, and uh, you know, needless to say, the Cold Steel people didn't didn't appreciate it. And um, so I, I had gotten, I, I the the comments started coming on the on the video, and actually, people were being pretty, they were pretty being pretty nasty. And like, here's the thing, man. Like, if you don't if you don't like that and you don't appreciate, it, that's fine. But there was some there was some ugliness that that was going on, and and it's like, hey man, you don't you know, to let's, to, whom? to 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 less to people going back and not less to Lynn to people going back and forth to each other, like the video itself just just started instantly started like just a bunch of a bunch of nasty drama, you know what I mean? Um, everything from you know, I don't even want to get into it, but anyway, I was kind of like, hey, you know what? If that guy, basically, that some people are like, oh, he shouldn't he shouldn't be selling these things to, to, you know, what an idiot or whatever. I'm like, Hey man, you know, that guy wants to get out there and do that. He's got a right to do that. You know, and, and he's um, one of the most successful idiots, uh, in the knife community. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> the cold steel, they, they, uh, they're, they are a big company. They're a big company. So anyway, so then I start getting some flack from, from, uh, some of his guys, you know, some of his people. And, and Lynn has actually has actually trained a lot. You know, after Cold Steel success, he was like, "Hey, you know, got a lot of uh, you know some premier martial artists and stuff like that, some historical people." And he actually legitimately trains. I'm not going to take that away from him. And uh, so um, I kind of get in an argument with one of his guys, and he, you know, calling me a jerk or calling me an ass hat or something like that. And um, so, uh, so anyway, I counter of the Cold Steel Corporation. I don't know if it was a representative. Your... I think this is. I think this is a friend of of Lynn, right? I don't. Okay. I don't know if he's a representative or whatever. I don't know his his or, affiliation. Or is this the guy that wanted y'all to spar? It did. Yeah, he did. He did. So it, was he then the next day working at Lynn's booth? Uh, I didn't see him at Lynn's booth, but okay, I, let me finish. So. A, let me finish the story. Okay. So, so he, you know, he makes some statements, and I kind of counter them. You know, I'm like, well, you know, why, you know. And I thought this was funny, and yeah, we're having to go. That's the spirit that we we do. You guys haven't been at the most recent shows, and if you knew me, you know this is just, this is how we go. I mean, yeah, we're, we're having fun, but you know, you know, me and Dan Coppins over there at Blind Horse last year, I was wearing a, a full plate of armor, and he was wearing a mask. This year, he was hitting an axe on a shield that I was holding. You know, what I mean, that's we just we just go, we go, and we hey, have yep. a good time. You make fat and, jokes about me. I mean, they hurt. I cry myself <laughs> to sleep while I eat a tub of Hawk and Doss, but I'm okay. <laughs> and I, I, you know, so we went, I went back and kind of like, you know, argued all of the points. And I was like, I was like, dude, are you really saying that a, a pole axe is going to be the new self-defense weapon? You know, I mean, you guys are obviously th- this, you know, if people want to buy the, these historical weapons, that's fine and mount them someplace. It's not like they're going to be practically used. Nobody's going to go out there and, and use a pole axe or a, a, a you know, 
Highlander sword or whatever in real life. And I mean, so, so what's the point here? Right. And so we went back and forth and, and I was actually, you know, I was actually shocked at some of the, the statements like, well, you need to come in and spar Lynn. I'm like, well, what is that going to prove? You know what I mean? And I mean, like what, what, what does that have to do? I mean, you, you want to, you know, it, this is a, a violent action that we have to go at. And so, so, the, so then I, I countered him. He, he came back to me. He came back to me. He's like, well, you know, yeah, but I just feel it was a low blow. It was it was dirty and it was kind of irresponsible that you just kind of just just kind of blatantly making fun. You know, we were all having a good time and, and it was just kind of dirty. And I, at that point, I was like, you know, my conscious. Here's my here's my thing, guys. If, if all if I get that that feeling in my stomach, like, oh, you know what, I kind of did do wrong. You know, if I I felt if I feel guilty about something, you know, it's like I feel guilty about it. And, and if and if I'm not going to sit there and try to justify or rationalize or whatever, if I feel bad that I'm just Making fun, that's not the person who I want to be. I don't want to just make fun of people for no reason and, and try to humiliate people. That's not that's not my bag. So, so I wrote him back, and I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the video down because it wasn't like I it was it had been one thing if I just posted it up there and just left it in there and let everybody draw their own conclusion, but that's not what I did. I edited my face in there, making like a you know just making a look, and then I cut point, uh, points at it and repeated it over. Oh, whoop, you're dead. Whoop, you're dead, and whatever. And so, and slowed it down and made it dramatic. So, that it, it, you know, even though I didn't say anything, I was, I was speaking a message. So I took it down. And anyway, so the next day I walked in to the Blade Show and the guy's right there, you know, and I walked right up to him like, hey, man, you know, I'm Adam. And, um, and, you know, he was kind of shocked to see me and I had a conversation. He's like, well, you know, you, you know, like, you, you could, you could put it back up. You know, we had a conversation like, listen, man, I was, you know. My, my goal there was to have fun, have a good time. We're all here in the spirit of the events, and I want to have a good time and whatnot. It wasn't trying to humiliate anybody. He's like, well, you know, it just was one of those things where we're all having a good time. Everybody's high on the show, and we see this, and we don't really know you. And we just thought that you're trying to, you know, have a go at us to be mean. And I was like, you know, I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that you guys felt that way. Um, that's so, not really my style. That's not really I, my I, style. I, and, he, and he was like, well, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, put it back up. That's fine. You know, it's okay. You know, I guess we understand it. And I was like, no, nah, it's, it's all right. Cause it's just, at this point, it's like the well has been kind of poisoned. You know, I don't, and I just, I don't want to have that. I don't want to be part of that conversation just to. So just to the individual admits that they didn't know that they lacked information. And of course their first instinct was to invite you to a violent situation. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> that's, that's the adult behavior. They, they yeah. should they should definitely be manufacturing sharp implements that very closely resemble uh, tools of war. No question about it. That's the mentality. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, that. and I I I asked them. I asked them about that, and I guess it's you know they're they're you know that's probably the the male bravado, and everybody's been training, and that's the the first thing you want to go to is kind of a. Well, yeah, we'll just take this outside. That'll solve the problem, and everybody knows that doesn't solve the problem. You know well, I mean? then those individuals need to quit training because the first thing I learned in that type of training is you train to avoid violence. I I agree, and actually, I, I I actually made that statement. I actually called them out on that, and that's and he actually, you know, you know his his whole thing was, yeah, you're probably right. You know, just you know, we were all we were all, you know, and it's not. I I don't know if it's a personal thing that I think that that uh. That Lynn couldn't use a pole axe. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to talk about his skill or his proficiency with weapons or his proficiency with whatever. I mean, if, if he's a, if he's an awesome martial artist, well, good for him. I, that's not the thing. It is my my whole thing is just the the kind of 
the entertainment of like, all right, we're, we're using medieval weapons. You know, like I'm not going to be carrying a pole axe on my back to, to you know, I'm not going to give up my sidearm that I've been you know carrying for 12 years or whatever to for a pole axe. I think that's a better self-defense tool. So self-defense against a broadsword is not nearly as relevant as self-defense against a 12 gauge. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's and it's kind of and it's kind of funny because you know I got I I actually thought that the the video would be, you know, if people like here's here's my whole thing. If you don't like Cold Steel, it doesn't matter what video I put out or what interview I put out. You're not going to like Cold Steel. And and at the reverse, if you if you like Cold Steel, it doesn't matter what video I put out. It's not going to make you dislike Cold Steel. You know what I mean? That like people's opinions on that are are already kind of set. The only thing that it does is kind of people who don't know about Cold Steel, it you know, it's like, well, what is this guy all about? I mean, if you watch any of their, their videos when they're cutting hogs in half and throwing spears through stuff, I mean, it's pretty funny. I mean, those guys are, they know that, I don't think that they can, they can say, oh, oh yeah, we're not having a go. Because, I mean, they're, you know, that's, that's some pretty, I mean, they have a castle, you know, facade in their training room. It looks like a dungeon. You know what I mean? I, I, I thought there was a certain amount of, of, you know, comedy associated with it. That's the, at least my perception. I don't know. I mean, maybe that maybe they think that it's really serious. So, but it was it was funny. Um, you know, it was it was entertaining. But it is what it is. So, so, so we go from this, and you know, they ask you to to take it down. You did. You know, there was there was some conversation about being responsible, and then we get back from Blade Show and we find out there's a lawsuit being filed. <laughs> yeah. well, let's go into that because that is actually that is newsworthy uh, stuff. So, so yeah, what's the and, lawsuit? What's the specifics, Dan? And this bother as a maker, this concerns me quite a bit. And then just as culture and mor- morality in our culture, mm-hmm. the knife making community, mm-hmm. Cold Steel is suing um, uh, CRKT. Um, and what it boils down to is that's Columbia see, river knife and tool. Yep. Yeah. Columbia river in their advertising said that their new locking system makes their folding knife virtually as strong as a fixed blade knife. Virtually mm-hmm. as strong. Yep. So to protect us, the users, cold steel has decided to sue them for false advertising and saying that that false advertising is injuring Cold Steel's um, business. So it's yeah, not that, that's, a, that's that's the point that I wanted. Like, how are they going to prove damages? That's the part that I was very interested because in. I'm going to guess that they make a folding knife that isn't selling well. And the reason it's not selling well is obviously because someone used the word virtually in their advertising. Right. I mean that that's my guess. But because Lynn Thompson made a video of himself wearing black t shirt and black shorts throwing tomahawks and they didn't immediately sell as the ultimate destructive defense weapon. So I get several problems with this. First of all, we're not talking copyright infringement. We are not talking about you know that they we're not talking about a libel suit where one company lied about the other. We're talking about the word virtual in, a, uh, in an advertisement. Sounds too much like it really is. So, there, so one company is going to – one really large successful company is going to sue a 
up and coming successful company over what amounts to bullshit. Yeah. And, I, and especially somebody, uh, somebody on blade forms did a search for the number of times that cold steel uses virtual in their advertisements. Mm. And it was like three pages of res- results. Really? Yeah. yeah cause hope- didn't, didn't they, didn't they say that the, what is the folding that Bush folder was virtually a fixed blade? They tried to uh, bend it and everything. Well, I'm hoping that Columbia River countersues with uh, – wasn't it Cold Steel that used to say the sharpest, toughest knife in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, fine. Prove that it's the sharpest, toughest knife well, in the world. Well, I mean Columbia or... River will – they will countersue. I mean that's like – that's just the – that's what you do when somebody sues you. And I mean you yeah. immediately countersue them. Man, I can only hope that the judge looks at the lawsuit, turns around to Cold Steel and says, you owe them for – you owe Columbia River for wasting their time. So – I'm on the Cold Steel website. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they oh, have that press survival, release. <laughs> they have some a survival knife called the Survival Edge. It's a plastic handled survival knife, <laughs> hollowed handle. And in their own advertisement on their own website, it says that it's butterfly light. Now, if I get one of those and it's not butterfly light, if I weigh every butterfly I can find against maybe two or three of their uh knives and it's not the same weight as a butterfly does that mean they have misled the community and that i need protection from their lies yeah that's my favorite part is i'm too stupid to understand what virtual means so i need for them to sue somebody for me wait a minute that knife according to them is also strong as an ox Ooh. So if I drive that knife into a stump, hook a rope on it, and then hook the other end to an ox, if that ox is able to generate enough force to break that knife, does that disprove that their knife is not as strong as an ox? No, no, no. For it to be as strong, Robbie, for it to be as strong as an ox, you need to hook a cart to that knife, and then that knife should be able to drag the cart. And apparently... Uh, they're full one inch wide and five inch long uh, that terminates into a strong clip point knife blade that is versatile enough to meet the demands of any and any the word any is capitalized survival situation. So in in theory here, anyone who is able to come up with any survival situation of any type. That this knife is not competent and versatile enough to meet the demands of and has grounds for a lawsuit against Cold Steel. Is that correct? I now see the problem. Mm-hmm. Cold Steel is not aware of the meaning or existence of the word virtually. Because if they had said virtually butterfly light or virtually any uh, situation, then it would have been would have been true. And they would never intentionally lie to us, so they must just be ignorant to the meaning of the word virtually. Or you guys are doing exactly what they want to do is just have a conversation about them. The, uh, now, it wouldn't surprise me if this is all just one big, giant, bullshit marketing ploy. Publicity stunt? Yeah. Um, D- dance, puppets, dance. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would, make a, I would make a big thing about not buying any cold steel, but I don't think I've ever owned cold steel. I've actually got a couple of cold steel blades. I've you heard that they. You did a lot of I've cold steel reviews. I've heard they made a couple of. I, I heard like in the the twenty dollar price point that really entry level. 
that they used to have some good bang for the buck stuff. Um, that there was a time when I really think back when they were still making the carbon V still Mm -hmm. that their SRK knife was probably the best purchase for a survival for a, a general purpose survival knife on the market. Yep. I agree. Why do you think they changed? I don't know. They, I mean, the, the company just grew and they, they, you know, Camillus, Camillus dropped off and, they went overseas to get some of their stuff, and and now they're just kind of a, a larger company that that their market has changed, and they're it's profitable for them, so they're just changing it, and and you know they're getting and into a space, well, they're getting into a space. Suing people, yeah, right? I don't, I don't know. And if you I own a survival so. edge that's not light as a butterfly and strong as an ox, you may want to talk to your attorney. I don't know. I feel I'm not. I a feel a class action suit coming on. I'm not an attorney. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, and neither am I, but you don't need to be to sue somebody. Apparently. I mean, hell, you don't even have to have a legitimate gripe. That's true. You can pretty much sue anybody for anything, unfortunately, in this country. So I did. I, I wonder why that frivolous lawsuit laws never came out to find people for that. That's what we need. Well, aren't most lawyers politicians before they be, – I mean politicians lawyers before they become politicians? This is true. This is true. Criminal training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's boot, it's boot camp boot camp for criminals. You know, politician. That makes sense. Now being a lawyer is training for being a politician. Yeah, unfortunately. So what do we all think about this, Robbie? About what? About the lawsuit. What do you think is gonna happen? I don't know. Uh probably nothing except Cold Steel is going to spend a bunch of money to to make another company spend a bunch of money, and they just that's take the, it out of their advertising budget. That's the part that bothers me is that regardless, Columbia is going to have to spend money to defend themselves. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure they have lawyers that are employees or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, It's not like uh, – I. It's probably not as much as you or me going out and buying a law, get, getting a lawyer for a civil case. You know what I mean? They probably have lawyers on payroll that are going to be. You know, I don't know, <laughs> but I don't big? know. They're pretty big, man. I mean, I know they're pretty big, but I didn't know if they were a room full of lawyers big. I don't. I'm not saying a room full of lawyers. I mean, well, and regardless, that. that's still. Yeah, it's, it's, it's even if they have a room full of lawyers, it's still crap that they have to. Def- yeah, they I, I don't under, I don't understand the logic, man. I don't understand the logic. So, you know, it's it it, it is. I, I don't know why people do the things they do, though. So, I think your problem in understanding it is not not understanding the logic. I think it's because you don't recognize the lack of logic. Perhaps that's also that's also a possibility. You know, somebody that would do would file a lawsuit like this would probably dress up in secondhand sporting equipment at a blade show and uh, sling axes at each other. It had, they they did have a crowd though. It's one of the most mm. inter- one of the more entertaining things. Oh, I loved watching it, and it was entertaining. Now just you know, don't whine about it later. Yeah, I actually have a a buddy of mine who uh, does this. The best thing I can explain, it's like medieval MMA. Um, and he goes to Europe for this. But these guys dress up in real armor. 
with real swords. The only thing is they don't have an edge on them. Um, and like before you go into battle, um, they actually take your sword and, and smash it against an anvil a bunch of times to make sure that it doesn't break. And those guys go out there and they beat they beat themselves bloody like a mixed martial arts event. I have um, seen some of that, and yeah, if some the skill that it would take to make those replicas, I am very impressed with. Yeah, and like he's got a he's he actually brought he's gonna get me an axe to I want to I want a Viking axe to like put in my basement as like a, a wall hanger. Um, because Vikings are awesome. And, and you're gonna uh, get some wolf runes. Subscribed exactly. into it. That's right. That's right. And he actually t- talking about getting like a Viking shield or something like that. that you know, just and you guys wonder why kid. you have mystic smoke climbing your staircase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not anyway. saying it's a good idea. I'm just calling Adam out indirectly on what he's really trying to do. That's all right. Hey, man. I, it's going to go you, behind. It's, it's going to go behind the secret door, and there's going to be. You know, what, Pam said I can't do this. I can't. Book. I can't do the secret door anymore. Can't do it, man. Just, so it's just too Pam expensive. Yeah, I mean, I told everybody about it. Oh, yeah, I have a bookcase store right here. It's going to be awesome. Anyway. Just do it before you tell your wife, man. Come on. Well, Oh, yeah. Hey, I, hey, honey, I just spent a bunch of money finishing this room. Oh, where did it go? There's a door here where the entrance used to be. Yeah, Dan, that'll work. Better anyway. To, better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Yeah. See, that um, sounds like a married man right there. Yeah. Um. Well, never mind. I'm going to leave that alone. It, I... Uh, but anyway, this guy, his name is Paul. He's he's a big he's a big guy too, man. He's like he's like uh, six seven, um, and he you know he was he used to do like you know jujitsu and everything. He 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 was into MMA before he got into this stuff, and he's just like dude. He's like this is just the it, it's it's awesome. It's a big historical thing. They go they they go. He goes over to Europe. He was actually in Poland, and there's U.S. teams, there's Russian teams, um, Polish teams, German, Italian, and the they all have to have historically accurate weapons, gear, clothing, everything, and it's all got to match. You can't take like a, a axe from this pa- this period and a shield from this period where the technology changed. It's all got to be appropriate to that time. Uh, anyway, but it's it's funny because the first time I saw him, I was like, "Oh man, you into larping?" And like he's like, "Listen, bro." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, gonna let you have that one because you don't. Yeah, I'm gonna let you have that one. So, um, but uh. But yeah, hey, hey, you know, I'll take an ass whooping. That's okay. It won't be the first time. And um, the, the long sword uh, bout. Yeah, but in that he came. Dude, he came back, man. He had a he had a freaking hole in his side. He broke a rib and busted his nose up. And those guys are brutal, man. I mean, it is. Yeah. They have like full plate, full plate armor. But they just go there and start smashing each other until you know one side is victorious, the other side's laying on the ground, and. uh it's almost like I guess like sumo rules in that aspect. Like as soon as somebody hits the ground, you stop. You know what I mean? So you got to yeah. stay on your feet. Um, but it's pretty interesting. I don't know why I got off on that tangent. I guess we were talking about cold steel weapons. Um, but they they do not use cold and, steel weapons. Those weapons aren't aren't. Uh, he tells me that they are not. He is familiar with them, not as a knife guy, but as a a guy that does this real real life fighting. He says they do not use those weapons. Those, those weapons do not meet their standards. Um, if one breaks and you wind up with a jagged point or a bunch of shrapnel flying, yeah, or yeah. if the head slips off the half of an axe, it doesn't have to be sharp to do damage. Yeah. So, but it's it's, it's interesting. It's funny people, <clears throat> you know, the hobbies that people are into. You know, we all have our interests. So, what else we got? Anybody um, have any gear they want to talk about? 
Uh, we can talk about. Uh, oh, Dan, you have my pot, right? My little zebra pot, like. I might have that, and uh, a Taiwanese mess kit, and a wooden spoon. Okay, I want that back. It's funny how you haven't called me and said, "Hey, hey, I have this for you." Well, see, I thought you took Robbie's, and I the one I had, I was going to send down to Robbie. I didn't know Robbie had one. Yeah, James. Robbie has one. James Montana sent one to one care package to each each of us with by way of a mad Scotsman. Yeah, because cool. only in our community does a Scotsman bring us stuff from an American living in Taiwan. That's right. Um, that makes perfect sense. It does. You know, I know it's a little thing, but those chopsticks are, are one of my favorite things in there. Mine too. Because when I first got it, I was looking. I'm like, why do? Why did he send me reading glasses? I mean, is he trying to tell me something? And then when I opened it up, I'm like, what, what is this? And then I put the first one together. I said, oh, it's a chopstick. I actually used them at the at a Japanese restaurant the other day. You brought your own chopsticks to a Japanese restaurant? I did. Look at you, cool guy. <laughs> no. or, or douchebag. I was going to say, yeah. We all know being... that if we were sitting in that restaurant and saw him do that, we would think douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. One of you would throw things at me. I would be embarrassed. I'm like, don't let you know. Don't don't let the waitress see this. <laughs> Jeez, gosh. That's okay. I brought my own chopsticks. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I tried to say it in Japanese. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Yeah, but I gotta I gotta get that. I forgot about that. I was actually very disappointed that I, I left that there. So, did either one of you? Uh, since I wasn't there, did any one of you, either, either one of you, get any new toys? Like buy any new toys at at Blade Show? Man, I screwed up so bad. Um, I let Beth hold the booth money for a minute while I went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I never got it back. Ah, uh, oh really? Yeah, and I picked up some cool handle material when she wasn't looking. Um, some stabilized stuff and some shade, some of new, the new shade tree stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, I usually can skim a couple hundred off the top without her knowing about it. You Not fool. this year. I know. And as soon as I did it, I knew I'd messed up. But you know. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah, the die was cast at that point. I actually didn't buy anything. I mean, I got some stuff. I mean, I got some stuff from some people for reviews and, and tests and stuff. But I actually didn't buy anything either. Um, you didn't so, get yeah. your Andy Roy Duke. You know, I uh, I had one in my hand, and he was going to put this. I got to actually give him a call. It was it was a beautiful piece, um, and I I I got in a meeting the last day, and we were running late. The meeting went so like the la- the, the Sunday we went in there, we had to leave early, get to the airport. Um, of course, ran into the the cold steel guy, and then I had a meeting, and I thought that meeting was going to be like a half an hour. It ended up being two and a half hours, which was good, um, but then we were like literally running out the the door. Uh, to to get to the get to the airport for our flight, so yeah, you know, at a point where we were at the dogwood and I had to be rude to Pam, like, listen, we need to go now. We are going to miss our flight, so I did not get a chance to run back to Andy and pick up that knife, and I got to give him a call because I, I still want it. Um, but yeah, so I didn't I didn't get any toys this this, uh, this year. You got a knife and a spiffy sheet. I did. I did. Matt, uh, I think 
I think Tim actually did the tool. I, I thought we were I thought we were talking about purchases though, you know. That was that oh. was a barter. Okay, good point. Yeah. And believe me, that was worth every moment of that knife. <laughs> uh, Dan, Dan, Dan. So yeah, it was but you know, it was it was a fun show, man. It was good times. I I'll tell you, man, you know who are awesome people? You know, uh Matt and Tim and and that whole gang. Just great people, man. Oh man, I, w- I wish I, I wish I lived in South Carolina so I could hang out with those guys a little bit more. And Tim's so. girlfriend is a concealed carry instructor. Is she? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, talk about the. Yes, that's that's awesome. She's got those piercing blue uh, gunslinger eyes, though, doesn't she? You know, I, um, my wife listens to this podcast, man. Well, no, there's kind of like a there's there. You never heard <laughs> yeah, that no. that term before. Like Doc Holiday. Yeah, yeah no, there, there's I mean, even there's a common there's a common thing that, that for whatever reason that there's like a lot of gunslingers back in the day had piercing blue eyes. I don't know if that's kind of urban legend, uh, but I've always I've always heard that before. Um, She's got the kind of eyes that in a photograph, I mean, they just pop. Yeah, it, it almost like it's it, you. Is that photoshopped? Her eyes are really that blue. You know that. Yeah. So, but lovely people. Had a good yep. good time, and uh, it, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where you know you meet some people and it's like you've known them your whole life. They're just great fun. Had had a great time, um, and it was just a very enjoyable, very enjoyable event, man. So am I to understand that you have a dogwood uh, knife with a a sheath that has tooling? I I do, I do. It, it'll be coming out on a, in a video here pretty soon. What, what kind of tooling is it? Very, very well done, tooling. <laughs> I, I have heard. I have, I have a sheath with tooling. However, I, I have no I, I can't, proof of it. I, I don't. I cannot confirm That's nor deny. No to put in it yet. Uh, I've got a knife that will fit it. All right, I'll send it down. Happy birthday, you grumpy old. Well, I'm just saying. I'm already walking around, and I have no. No, 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 no. That, that, no. That, that's a sheath for people who went the blade show. I have no pants. That, I have no pants left that with pockets that don't have a hole in them from carrying that knife in my pocket with no sheath. Speaking of, uh, you never did decide. Do you want one eighth or three thirty seconds on that? Long dramatic pause. I still, I, I can't, I can't. It's all right. You don't all right. need to. Need I, I might just right decide for you. I really think I need three thirty seconds. I mean, I want I, to. I want to want the one eighth, but I've gotten so dasted accustomed to the performance I get from the three thirty seconds. You, you know what I mean? It's kind of like after you've driven the Ferrari, how do you go back to the Pinto? I don't think it's a Pinto, buddy. I mean, I think it's like, do you want the Ferrari or do you want the Porsche? How do you go back to a Toyota Corolla? It's a perfectly adequate, great, comfortable, good fuel economy, uh, long life, you know, uh, of the engine, wonderful little car. But I was just driving a Ferrari. So here's the here's the real question. Are you ever going to let somebody else borrow that knife at the camp? I don't let people borrow that knife in my house. Then go 332nd. As soon as somebody says, hey, can I borrow that knife? As long as you're willing to say no. Then go three thirty seconds. Yeah, 
uh, I don't even let my wife use that knife in the kitchen. I go retrieve that knife when I get ready to cook and look at her and go, what? You've got your own dogwood with pink handles. It's right over there. Speaking of, I got a great question uh, about the Huntsman versus the um, uh, the Long Hunter as a kitchen knife. Mm. As a kitchen knife, Long Hunter. As yeah. a skinning uh, hunting knife, uh, Huntsman. Yeah, and I tried to explain in my answer that the the task that those knives were defined designed for overlap, but they're separate. Yeah, that uh, a hunting knife and a Long Hunter are two different. Yeah. They care, they have two different purposes. If if you want to to skin a deer and clean some fish, get get the uh, huntsman. If you want to break down a caribou, get the long hunter. Yeah. Not not difficult, yeah. Yeah, or if you're going to the woods for 3 weeks, take a long hunter. If you're going on a 3-day hunting trip, take the huntsman. So I think what we're getting at here is buy both. Yeah. And then you'll probably want a three finger just for those, those little tasks. EDC carry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which speaking of the guide, uh, uh, the guide on the bear hunt, I used my three finger when we were skinning mm-hmm. and, uh, I just shipped him one this morning. So just, uh, while we're, while we're wasting time talking about dogwood knives and, uh, we <laughs> We were specifically talking about knives for me. Yeah. And I know that you specifically are getting a particular steel for my 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 long hunter. Is there Danny, any chance? Danny, are you are you are you grinding a knife right now? Is me? There, yeah. I thought that was on y'all's end. Oh no, it wasn't. It's probably me creaking in this chair. Okay, continue, uh, Robbie. I live out in the country. I'm sitting in a wicker chair on my back deck doing this podcast. Actually, that sounds oh, like cicadas. Yeah, cicadas. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Those are in the background. They're just the not picking up barking. until you start talking. The dogs ahead, are quit barking so you can hear those. Is there any chance that there would be some 332nd steel in that, that type of steel left over enough from making that knife to make me maybe a matching three-finger to go with it? I got I to gotta order a whole bar of it, so... Would that not be awesomeness? That would be. I mean, it's not S35VN, but that would be pretty awesome. Let me tell you something. <laughs> don't, you, don't you get me started. Uh, I am oh. not no fancy pants liberal lawyer living in some mansion somewhere who carries S35VN. I'm a real working man, and that's why I want that 3V. Oh, so you don't want the SM100 I just got the email about. Is it coming three thirty seconds? seconds? Uh, that's what I'm waiting to hear. Uh, and also, no, I don't want the first one. I'll, I'll take the first one as a prototype to play with, yeah. but it, do I want you to put my fancy handle material and, and nice pen and put it in a fancy sheath for me to to be able to display it when I'm not carrying it and all that? No. On a steel that, that is that new, uh-uh. I want a beater out of that stuff to play with for for at least a year before. That reminds me, I did get something cool at Blade Show. What's that? What's that? I got six uh, handle sets of stabilized dogwood. Cool. That's really cool. Yep. Uh, and I got uh, one of them is Jamaican dogwood, which I had not heard of. And it's been spoken for. Yeah. And it is it is almost as dense as Robbie. See, this is how we show love here, guys, yeah. on the podcast. 
you should you should hear it when we're not actually going for the PG uh, rating. What, what it, we say it, to one another. It may it may be more dense than I am, but I definitely got it beat on the ugly factor. If this is true, <laughs> and you can clean the wood up. That's hey, right. you can put a you can put a uh, French polish on me. <laughs> you can put lipstick on a pig, but I ain't kissing it. I know oh, no, you, that, you that depends really on lipstick. that. De- that depends on uh, how much alcohol you had that day there. Dan. That, hey, you could probably get you to piss. You probably get you to kiss anything you wanted to. It has nothing to do with the pig. He just don't like lipstick. <laughs> I'm not going to confirm or deny that. <laughs> oh man! As a so, matter of fact, if Dan comes to visit. It's a good uh, precaution to go ahead and put lipstick on all your pigs just to keep <laughs> Dan out of the pen. Yeah, I come over to Robbie's house and Kim has got lipstick all over. Hey, wh- while we're while we're having this light, you know, moment, I got a question to ask you guys, and this probably you know, I probably shouldn't be saying this. You're going to bring getting, us down again, Adam. I'm going to bring you down again. Um, what is it with you, man? I don't know, man. Why? My thing is, why is everybody so sensitive nowadays? You know what I mean? Like that offends and, me. It, it, like, did you see the potato thing that uh, Tim yes. put up? Yes. Oh man, I, I was going to reference that. that it does anybody have Does anybody have Facebook open where they can read that? Uh, let me see if I can find it. I have Facebook open, but I have no clue what you guys are talking about. Um. Go, go to my go to my personal page, and there's this picture of a potato, and there's a there's a, a comment there. You have um, a personal Facebook page? I do. You're a friend with me, Dan. No, I'm not. Are you serious? I had no idea you had a personal page. Yeah, matter of fact, when I asked, you told me you didn't have one. I don't think that's I don't think that's true. <laughs> You're just having to go now. Yeah, that's absolutely not true, Dan. Then there's no reason to lie. He did not tell you that. You asked if he had one. I asked him if I could tell you, and he said, no, don't tell that son of a bitch. <laughs> so it was me that told you that. Oh, okay. Not him. Yeah, my bad. See, uh, that's the kind of talent can... wrangling I'm talking about. That's right. Okay, I'm looking at work. All right, I, I've got it up, but are we sure we want the dyslexic kid to try and read this on air? No, I don't want him to read it. Robbie, you read it. I'm offended <laughs> by this potato. Oh, first off, it's just a picture of a normal potato. Yeah, just no, like it doesn't, doesn't have it's any shape clean, of it. It's a clean yeah. Idaho baking potato, well lit, not overshadowed. Yes. Uh, it's natural. It hasn't been photoshopped. Please continue, Robbie. Trigger warning. During a discussion earlier today, someone posted this meme. I suppose in an effort to make light of the perpetual outrage and offense that permeates our culture. But I think instead, this heartless and callous individual only demonstrated the need for more for the PC police. You think it's fun to joke about this potato, but do you consider how this image might trigger someone, like myself, with Irish ancestry, because it reminds us of the potato famine? Also, the potato is brown and dirty, and it grows in the ground, which could easily be construed as a statement that brown-skinned people are dirty and live in caves. Meanwhile, people from Idaho are likely offended because this image appropriates their culture and makes a mockery of it. 
it might be a big laugh to you, but remember that this potato is also a visual image, which is certain to make the visually impaired feel excluded. Not to mention that a potato is a spherical three-dimensional object. If you stop to think for one second, you might see how this could otherwise other eyes. I think it's supposed to be ostracized. Ostracized, those who struggle with depth perception, and those who are geometrically challenged. This says nothing (laughs) of the trauma it will surely impose on the starch intolerant community. Obviously, but I'm sure you all knew this, potatoes are originally indigenous to the Andes mountain region. So this picture could easily cause emotional stress to the people's of that area who feel they don't get enough credit for cultivating the potato for so many centuries before privileged white Americans stole it. So yeah, have your laugh, you bigots. But think about what kind of harm a provocative photo like this might do to all these groups. As you can clearly see, everything truly is offensive, and everyone's feelings are hurt. So stop saying things, thinking things, or otherwise communicating thoughts of any kind to anyone. It's the only way to make sure everyone is safe. The end. Mm. Pretty powerful, right? It is. Um, Thank God it wasn't a new potato. No kidding. You know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, what was the Supreme Court... Um, case about pornography. You know, they said, I, know I, I can't, I see it. I, yeah, I can't tell you what it is, but I know, I know it when I see it. And, and I think that needs to be, I think that needs to be kind of put on everybody's sensitive sensibilities um, that, you know, Hey, you know what? Not everything is, is racist. Not everything is, is, is just mean hearted. Sometimes, you know, people are just people and they have feelings about things like the word discriminate, Right. It's such a bad word, right? It's not like I discriminated today between if I'm going to have milk in my coffee or or just black coffee. I made a decision, you know. I, I discriminated against the milk. Um, now, when we start talking about racial discrimination and just, and just you know, uh, being mean to people just because of the color of their skin or just their culture and not anything else, I mean, just, yeah, that's wrong. But I, I think it's 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 becoming such a easy catchphrase to point at somebody and say that they're racist or sexist or whatever. And that, you know, it invalidates their ability to have an opinion or to feel a certain way about something. You know? Yes, sir. I say suck it up, Nancy. Did you see, uh, John Stewart's little thing on why, um, the comedians are no longer wanting to do shows at college campuses. I I heard about it. I did not see it. Well, first of all, he starts off with a picture of, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Chris Rock and Larry the Cable Guy, and says all three have now, you know, come out saying they're they're not going to do comedy at college campuses anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and John Stewart, of course, makes the point: when a Jew, a black guy, and a redneck all agree on something, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Now it's time it, to pay attention. I, I actually, like, let, let me let me preface Isn't this that by the saying start of a joke. I don't. Yeah, probably. I don't. I, I don't share his views, but I actually love watching John Stewart. I think he's funny. Oh, he's funny. funny. He's wrong a lot, but he's he funny is wrong. I, I think that. I think the. I think the. The disservice that he does is that, um, 
he can always fall back to, oh, it's just a comedy show. But the fact of the matter is, is that he has a generation of people that think that what he's saying is, is the political truth. And that yes, it's they not don't satire. recognize the satire. It, yeah, he, he, but he's got this, he's got this armor of satire, and it's like, come on, dude, you know better than that. You know that that's not legit. That that people are, are taking this at at its at its value of how you're you're perceiving it, how you're projecting it, and it's not it's not a hundred percent satire. I, I think he's very disingenuous in that. I think he's a brilliant comedian. I think he's very funny. Uh, he's he's actually bought me a drink. Um, there's a story that go, that went, went along with that, but uh, I uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't agree with that. Well, he huh? he goes on Adam to say that uh, one of the last college campuses that Jerry Seinfeld played, yeah, that one of the students uh, wrote Jerry a letter telling Jerry why he was offensive and that he would try to help educate Jerry Seinfeld on comedy. Yeah. <laughs> uh. you know, and John Stewart's like, okay, it's a shame that George Carlin is not still alive to reply to this guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and talks about yeah, the the guy, the letter would say something along the lines of, "Listen, I'm sorry to you know uh, disturb you. I'm sure you're in the middle of writing uh, a a letter to uh, Hawkins explaining why he doesn't understand physics." Um, it, but think about that. College yeah. kids thinking they understand more about comedy than some of the most you know highly paid comedians on the planet, and that comedians can't perform at college campuses anymore because things have become so PC people can't take a joke. It's it's getting it's getting to be where there, there's this funny I wish I say it is a funny YouTube video. It's like these I guess they're hipsters they like sitting around like hey what should we do today and they're like oh let's go to the store oh big business you know that's wrong well let's you know let's go to the oceans ah pollu- you know pollution we're, we're ruining the the uh, like anything they talk about they just they all go back and forth like how dare you you know check your privilege uh, X Y Z and finally one's like why don't we just kill ourselves right now and they're like oh gun lobby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just so utterly ridiculous, but it's the like true. It's me, like, what's that? The, the one that gets me is this twenty nothing kid who's never lived outside the world. Yeah, still still, in still, in pa- still on their parents' insurance is no. going to explain to you know a very wealthy, highly successful, extremely experienced comedian how to be funny. Expert. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. It, it it uh it's it's scary man it is scary because it's it's like it reminds me of that guy in a movie who makes contact with the with the whatever indigenous people and he's like no yeah. we're going or like or like the alien or whatever no we're going to communicate with them and he's the first one to die you know what i mean yeah. it, <laughs> it's just it's just it's you're, you're so arrogant in in your view of of how the world should be and you fail to realize how it is, you know, um, it, it just, ah, oh man. Just, it, hey, you guys idiots. got time for a, a personal rant? Sure. But it's, oh, yeah. it's back to, kind of back to outdoor stuff and all. Well, that would be a subtle change for our podcast to talk yeah, about right. outdoor stuff. Dude, I am so blasted tired of seeing pictures of guys on the internet holding up their knife and talking about their choice for a one-tool option 
while they're wearing a backpack that in the backpack has shelter, insulation, water, all this kind of crap. If you're carrying everything you need for life in your backpack, screw a one-tool option. You want to be able to get away with zero tools. Hey, Robbie? Yeah. If you are practicing the one-tool option, you are the one tool. Interesting. <laughs> it's not a double meaning there. Yeah. <laughs> but am I wrong? I mean, that that one tool means you take that tool and only that tool and go out and provide all those things that those guys are carrying in the backpack. You am go I out missing the woods, something? You go out in the woods naked with just a knife. I mean, am I missing something, or isn't that the idea of a one-tool option? You know, you don't actually need four tires on a car. So just every so often, I take one of the wheels off my car before I go to work. I mean, that that seems like a good plan, doesn't it? I, I, I just, I don't understand. We've talked about it before. That, that, I mean, if you are trying to do legitimate training for an emergency... There's some argument there, but when your plan, when your intentional plan is to go to the woods and handicap yourself as much as possible, I really question the logic in that. You're talking yeah, about but, outside of a training scenario. Yeah. But even, even then, isn't there a hypocrisy there if you're claiming you're doing a one-tool option? But you're just not counting your sleeping bag, tarp, pot, oh, yeah. and everything as tools. Oh, that's a com- yeah. That is that's complete garbage. I, I think that they're I think that they're taking it out of context, and generally, and you're taking their context out of context because they're 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 not being as literal as they should be with that statement. You know what I mean? They're, maybe they're talking about the single edge tool option, yeah, but, but they missed the whole point is- of what the one tool option originally was. Yeah, if you're just and, I, and I've done and I've knife. done that too. I, I've I've made the statement of you know the one tool cutting option. I mean, that's a conversation that I said in the past. Now I will say that I've since you know since you were been educated. Well, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those things where at one point there was a conversation about this philosophy, and 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 everybody's kind of entertaining the idea, but then after a while you realize, well, that's just kind of a dumb idea. That's just you know, and and you kind of you kind of grow up from that that idea um, that you thought was a conversation, and I and I think what it comes down to, and I'm going to probably point to where who it comes from is probably from Tom Brown, who yeah. kind of wanted to go out in the woods and with nothing but you know no shoes, no clothes, like lit- I think, I, and I I'm not sure about this because it's been a while since I read one of his books, and 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 Robbie, you might you may know better than I I. But I think at one story about grandfather, like he literally went out in the woods and, uh, you know, naked with just a knife and kind of had to, had to make everything, had to, you know, do everything and kind of come back making shoes and clothing for himself and all the skills that he learned, like literally naked, except a knife. And that was kind of the one tool thing. And then he marketed the Tom Brown tracker as the one tool option based on that kind of that story of you have to be so good. That you can go into the woods, and actually, he might not even have had a knife. He might have gone into the woods just naked, and procured everything. He even made, you know, you know, flint napping his own his own stone knife. I don't, I don't know. Um, but anyway, and on that uh, the one tool 
option. I've gotten a discussion recently with somebody talking about, I went to the woods with nothing but a knife. Or no, his argument was, you know, what if you, what if you get lost? What if there's a, a plane crash or an animal attack or you fall in the water? You know, all you're going to have is your knife. And I finally just said, um, do you have pockets in your pants? And he said, yeah. I said, can you put stuff in your pockets? He said, yeah. I said, if you lose your backpack, are your pockets still attached to your pants? He said, yeah. I said, well, then there's no reason for you to be without. Yeah. Unless you're in some kind of escape evasion thing where you've gotten kidnapped and you've escaped with butt naked out in the woods. No, no, no. Part of my escape plan is kill one of my captors and take their bag. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, then you got it all solved, Robbie. I've got it solved. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I just. That's why I keep I, Stanley the Honey Badger near me at all times. <laughs> yeah, Stanley is the man. I, you know, like I've gotten to the point where, to me now, Robbie, that conversation is like somebody trying to tell me that the, that the Earth is flat. Like they want to engage me in a conversation that the Earth is flat, and I'm just like, I just smile at them and excuse myself, and you know. I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even mad at the conversation. I'm mad at the hypocrisy of the individuals trying to represent these tools that they particularly they carry this individual tool, and they are uh, propagating the idea that it is an acceptable choice for the one tool option when they themselves have proven in their own picture that they are not practicing a one tool option. Is this somebody that we can talk about specifically? Or no, you don't it's want to numerous individuals I've yeah. seen on different boards and groups and all on Facebook, uh, you know, that, that post these pictures that representing their knife, you know. And some of the... Some of the marketing is getting frustrating. I can't remember who it was, but someone was talking about their new knife, and they wanted everybody to know that every part of the knife was was tempered to at least fifty Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I get that they're that they're talking about attributes and they're trying to to talk about their knife or you know whatever the tool is. Mm-hmm. But saying every part of your knife is fifty Rockwell on a production knife. Is not unlike saying one hundred percent of my water is wet. Yeah, it, it's we're getting to the point where people are are struggling to find stuff that they can market. Yeah, I know. I believe one, that. And the one tool option is just it, it's it's a marketing ploy. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I agree with that as well. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I understand your frustration, Robbie, but I, I just, I kind of chop it up too. It's like, all right, this is just an, exp- this is just a conversation that is, is for the sake of having a conversation. It really doesn't have any meaning. And I, I think in the evolution of, and we've talked about this too, in the evolution of, of being a, a woodsman or outdoorsman. And, um, you know, I, I think that people sometimes just want to talk about it instead of go out there and do it. Uh, and, and I've been guilty of that. I've, I've, I've been guilty of not being able to get out there and, and, and practice my skills and, and do some stuff, you know, just cause life, cause life gets busy. Um, but I, I, I do try to get, I have got to the point where like, you know what, I'm not even going to waste my time talking about stuff that's just silly. You know, I, I was talking to Madison the other day and he made that, he made that video about the, the hunting and the, and the stuff like that and like other skills. 
And I got I to gotta agree with them on some of that point. It's like we stay focused on these a lot. Well, not we. I'm saying we as a community stay focused on a small percentage of the skill set that are oversaturated and we don't have any conversation about other things, you know? Um, and, you know, like one thing that we've talked about is, uh, you know, doing some more jungle stuff, like getting together and wanting to go down there with Joe and everything or doing something different than what we're used to just to expand our exposure to different things. Like that's like the next step. Is there a practical application? Not really, because I'm not going to be in the jungle unless I'm in, in that type of situation. I'm not planning to be in the jungle, but there's the educational and expanding your understanding and in, in the growth factor that we want to focus on. So. One of the first things that hit me was we did a day foraging, mm-hmm. a day fishing, a day hunting, and we had set out a trap line. Mm-hmm. And at the end, by far, we got more caloric value, especially for energy expended from foraging followed fairly closely by fishing and hunting was such a distant third that it's not really worth talking about. Mm-hmm. But the number of people that put oh, so much energy into hunting and trap lines, mm-hmm. when, you know, if you look at energy expanded versus calories brought in, unless you really know your stuff and the area, it's very cool, and it's what I lo- would love to shoot a video on, but plain old just boring foraging and fishing were by far more efficient uses of our energy. And that, yeah, yeah, good point. But it's not as cool. I mean, which one's going to get 100,000 YouTube's likes? Setting traps, yeah. sna- uh, setting snares, or pointing out Freak- uh, I, actually, It's going to be a, a, a Swedish fire torch. You know, our sweet. What is it called, Robbie? That Swedish fire stove. Yeah, you were, you were right. With the log. Yeah. yeah. With, yeah you know, with a pre, torch. with a, with a pre, with a pre-cut log. Yeah. You know. Um. So. Well, I mean, if you've got shelter on your back, you know, if you brought with you shelter, mm-hmm. adequate insulation, a big lighter in your pocket, and a knife on your side, and you know, all pretty much after that, isn't it? Just getting food, you know. You got your pot, you can boil water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After after that, isn't life out there mostly a matter of eating? Yeah, that's what your daily struggles are. Which is the reason I pick pack a neoprene cooler when I go. <laughs> that's, Dan loads his Sherpa up with a couple <laughs> extra Yeti coolers. And... Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I go out of the country for my trips. <laughs> Where where it's legal to make the make the sixty five year old female cook for your camp totes. She was forty five and she came back to help me twice. That was it. Now, she, Dan, she, looked, she looked forty five. She was actually seventy five. The people in those countries actually, you know, don't don't age as quickly as we do. Yeah, and so what? She didn't have a backpack. I mean, that rice bag she was using was just fine. She picked you up every time you slipped on a on a stump. Yeah, threw th- threw you over her shoulder. She would carry my pack every so often when I got tired. But I still when, killed a bear. When are you going back to uh, South America? Uh, let's, well, September. I'm going. Well, now I'm going to Panama and Argentina next month, and then. Are you doing bird hunting or something? Um, 
combination of things, uh, fishing, uh, a, a good friend of ours grew up in the Panama Canal Zone. Mm-hmm. So we're going to Panama with him for a couple of days, uh, do some fishing and some hiking. And then Argentina is beef, wine, possibly a dove shoot. And uh, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to going down and studying uh, the Groucho knives, or Gaucho knives, excuse me. Um, which, you know, as you probably know, the Gauchos are the, the South American cowboys. Mm-hmm. And they have a very specific style of knife that I've been researching lately. And uh, I'm going to go down and check out some firsthand examples. That'd be very cool. And, Robbie, before you say it, yes, it's much easier to fly myself down there than just buy a few and have them shipped up. Right, right. Because this way I can talk firsthand through a translator to the makers. Firsthand through a translator. <laughs> yep. I think Robbie wants to go with you. You should take him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would. He's just got to grow about two inches and get some red hair. <laughs> that wasn't very nice, Dan. So mean. <laughs> it's, it's not my fault Beth is taller than him. That's all right. Well, I think, guys, we're, we're getting to the end of the show. We did a little extra show here now that we're, we're back. Maybe I'll I'll do uh, – I'll split this in, into two so I can fit it on the website so, and we're back. We're glad to be back for uh, season five. And uh, anything else, guys, before we sign off? Um, all joking aside, I really did cure, kill a bear last week. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. I got some pictures and stuff for uh, uh, they're up on E2E and the, the Facebook page, uh, the Dogwood Facebook page. But I learned a lot and got to use, uh, you know, I got to actually butcher a bear with a, uh, Long Hunter. Nice. Very nice. Uh, well, we'll get into that next, the next episode. Yeah. We're, we're running on the, on the two hour mark and, you know, no, 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 Adam, wife, I want to talk. More I've already about had the wife me. come down. Yeah. Enough about oh. me. Let's talk about me. <laughs> I've gotten death, eyes. Gotten death eyes from Alex. I was supposed to take him over to his buddy's house 20 minutes ago. <laughs> there we go. There you right, guys. Got their whole lives. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys. If you have any questions or comments, emails at podcast at equipedandor.com and we'll be back. Uh, next week, we'll be back on our normal routine. And you guys take care. Be safe. And remember, not always prepared. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.